Welcome back to the Lantern Roost Cycling Podcast. Here with Benji, as always, you see the Nibali fan art on the background behind him because we're getting into the Giro d'Italia 2022 route review reaction. It goes to Sicily once again. It even goes to Messina, where Nibali is from, uh, I believe. So uh, we're going to check the profiles in a second. Uh, Just an overview of this course, which was unveiled across five days. I guess RCS idea was to uh you know get four or five times the interest in reality at least from my perspective they got zero percent of the interest because i was like i'm not going to spend my whole week trying to monitor where to watch when the sprint stages are revealed so here we are just wrapping it up now i think one day a route reveal should be across one day <laughs> uncontroversial opinion it starts in budapest <laughs> in hungary uh, where they were supposed to start in 2020, but for COVID, and there's uh, yeah, they got Hungary, and then there's a TT again around Budapest, and then they have a sprint stage on stage three. Then they fly, so just like the tour next year, they have a fourth day transition day when they uh, fly down to Sicily, three stages in Sicily, then they work their way up Italy from the boot, from the bottom, the heel, or not the heel, the toe of the boot, and. <laughs> Go through Napoli. There's a long climbing blockhouse up Pescara on the right hand side, which is quite nice. Through the middle, through Tus- oh, they kind of avoid Tuscany and then go up to Reggio Emilia. Then they go left towards actually finish have a stage in San Remo, one Alpine finish stage, and then they go across rest day after stage 15, I believe. Then lots of stages in the Dolomites, including one stage which actually goes into Slovenia just like last year before a final time trial, a short one in Verona. What's your first reaction to this route, Benji, which had mooted 70Ks TT? Is Dumo to the Giro the movement we started? Is it dead before it even began? (laughs) Yeah, I've got a few uh, opinions on the route and also on the way that it was distributed. Like you said, the way that they spread it across five days. First of all, they had the Grand Departenza, then they had another day to sprint stage and another day to hill stages. Oh, I don't have patience, man. Come on. Like, <laughs> you're you're hurting me every single day by doing that. And in the end, I also have an impression of across the route and towards our Dumo to the Giro uh, movement that we started. I think it is following the same system as previous years where the route feels a bit more backloaded. I do feel like the addition of one of the stages we'll be talking about finishing on Blockhouse might make a few more gaps in the initial part of the race compared to last year. While last year we basically had climbs in the initial week and I vaguely recall it being very close together in the in the first week, except for Almeida who had dropped back on that stage four to Sistula. And then it wasn't until we started the Montalcino stages where we saw severe gaps open up in that top 10. So that's a difference that I see compared to last year. The factor that we have a blockhouse that in my opinion will have more consequences GC-wise than the climbs we had in the first few days uh, last week. But next to that, I also uh, agree on the aspect that Dumo to the Giro is in slight trouble. I um, <laughs> I was looking for time trial kilometers for him, and I don't see many time trial kilometers for him. 26 in total, by the way, yeah. of which, if I recall correctly, is only like 15 flat ones because the yep. final time trial has a hill in the middle. We'll talk about Both it later. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about the uh, the first one having a small hill at the end as well. So that combination makes it that there's a clear trend this uh, this Giro by the creators by uh, RCS to make it a parkour that is not 
time trial heavy to make it a climbing ground tour. And honestly, I'm torn on that. On one end, I feel like time trial is important for a GC rider and it should be presented a bit more than 26 kilometers. But on the other hand, I feel like a lot of time trials these days are not really for pure climbers because the likes of Roglic and Pogacar can just smash them in the time trial. So perhaps it's something that might surprise us when it happens. I, I, I hate it. I hate the I hate what Venue said about well we asked the writers they said less TTKs I was like so what you asked Roman Bardet Guillaume Martin I think you tweeted this Benji um, and like Mikel Lander so like those guys <laughs> if you just target Giro you don't need to bother improving your time trial you don't need to worry about it too much Almeida um, be like what the hell yeah exactly and Almeida <laughs> just like okay I see Bernal on Instagram he's on the TT bike all day every day because he's doing the tour I think but. Yeah, I just it's an important discipline. I think it's I think forty is is about the right amount. Yeah. Uh, like a bit more than forty because two hundred. There's so much climbing. Yeah, well, two hundred k's. Bring Jan Ulrich back. He's trying to maybe he can win. I don't know. Gana for the Giro. I guess let's talk about Gana. I mean, is there even enough for Gana? You got the the second stage TT and then the stage twenty one TT. Is it worth flogging yourself for three weeks just for the? final stage TT and maybe not even taking pink after stage two if he gets dropped on stage one? Yeah, it's a it's a different thing to look at because you also look at the other Grand Tours in the season and we know that the Tour de France starts with a time trial. So that's why I was looking at this parkour and was like, okay, this basically confirms that it reduces Gana's interest in this Grand Tour because those time trials are not exactly uh, that promising for a pink jersey from for him sure it's still possible that he takes it on a on a time trial in day two if he arrives at this race because it's Ghana he can do everything at this point but in the Tour de France there is a more clear option which is the first stage being a time trial and that's one aspect but I read something yesterday actually where he seems to be interested or thinking about so nothing confirmed thinking about the possibility of doing Giro Tour and the World Championships which is a very heavy program I mean Maybe Ineos want to get their money's worth because he didn't ride for them that much this year after the the Giro. But <laughs> just looking at the route and which riders uh, we mentioned, I think this route suits. First name, got to be Richard Carapaz. It just makes so much sense for Carapaz to do this Giro. I don't really see the Tour suiting him. I mean, the Tour just, he's already won the Giro. I think Giro just perfect, especially if Bernal is doing Tour. So Carapaz, Giro. Number one, Lander on Bahrain. Number two, Almeida apparently is doing it, which it's interesting that a prospect like Almeida with a strong TT, punchy finish, maybe not the most consistent on lots of climbs, is doing the Giro three years in a row and no tour, but apparently he's doing the Giro. Uh, it's the pathway he chose career-wise going to uh, UAE. So. Exactly. If he'd gone to Bora, he'd be their tour leader. So that is it is what it is. What other riders GC-wise, Ben, you spring out at you, apart from the names I mentioned, uh, that you think could be good? Well, we would look at the GC riders that are uh, more promising on the climbing area and might be weaker on the time trial area to look at this Grand Tour and say, oh, we might have an opportunity of trying this. And then... We look at Bardet, but is Bardet still an opportunist? That that's that word doesn't exist, but is he still a rider that might win a Grand Tour? I don't see it. I don't see that possibility at the moment, but I'm very open for him to surprising me. But other uh, other main climbers, do you think that an Enric Master should choose a Giro like this? Because Absolutely it's off not. to see him at the Giro. <laughs> and Absolutely definitely with not. their new Velasco signing, come on, go to the Tour de Vuelta. 
Tua Volta, his program shouldn't change. Actually, I mean, Valverde would actually suit this year, I because there's not actually a lot of mountaintop finishes. Two above 2K. Are there two mountaintop finishes above 2,000? No, here? two climbs oh. above 2,000 meters, which is in stage 20, oh, okay. and they're not the mountain finish. So you're right. Yeah. It is for climbers that are perhaps not great above 2K altitude. Obviously, we haven't mentioned two names, Primoz Roglic and Tadej Pogacar. Gates? Adam, Adam or Simon, I mean, one of them will do it. I, I don't see it for – I don't know. I don't know what Ineos is going to do with Adam Yates. Simon Yates, I don't know. What do you – he came third last year, got lucky the Cortina stage, got shortened. I think it suits him, actually. You're yeah. right. It suits Simon Yates. So we might see similar names. Let's get, though, into Peacock's apparently doing it as well. Let's get into some of the stages. Now, we don't know for sure which riders will be going to the, the Giro because riders declare for the Tour much more readily, much earlier. Uh, so we're just going to say some sort of names or riders that we think might be good. Stage one, as we enter the profiles now, from Budapest to Visegrad, 195 Ks. Pretty much flat. This is a Vuelta stage, really. Hockey-style hockey finish. It's like the Torino adriatico stage. Uh, three, two or three that Alaphilippe won, just with a bit less climbing before. It finishes with a 5K, 4.5% climb that gets progressively steeper. So the last couple of Ks are about 6% average. This suits Alaphilippe, suits Pidcock, suits Almeida, and I think it's going to be suits Bagioli, who I'd love to see here from, from Quick Step as well, suits Honore, who's done the Giro before. This is a puncher finish. I even think it's not hard enough for Ulysses Benji to be contesting it yeah. is it too hard for Sagan oh that's a that's a good question previous year Sagan uh, could definitely do it like pre uh 2017 Sagan but it's 2021 so it's very hard for me to say whether Sagan will be at the form of doing this but in previous years he could have done this for certain so the first, the winner of this stage they're going to need good good punch that's going to be interesting. Obviously, Wout and MVDP would be big contenders for this sort of stage too. I'd love to see MVDP here take Malia. I think he can – MVDP should be fine on this climb and it'd be, he'd have the time to try to back it up. So I really would like to see Van der Poel here even for the first I week. Doubt it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I just don't see it happening, Van der Poel to the Giro. It's just something that feels off. But I'd love it as well. It, it, it would look nice on him that – Malia Rosa on stage one here, but one duo that I'm looking at the most is what does Ineos do? Because yes, we're talking about Pitcock, but what if they send Ethan Hater to this parkour as well? I wouldn't really be able to choose too easily between the two for this. Very tough between those two, I agree. Do you try the one-two with them, sending Pitcock early? Even Carapaz can, has, can, nah, it's two. It's probably a bit fast for Carapaz uh on a stage one like this he's more better in a messy finish i don't know you're right benji they've got nervice as well who can do a hard lead out fiatkovsky would almost suit leading it out as well it's, it's interesting and they've got an embarrassment of riches Get out. i tweeted about this i think intermarche have a fantastic team with rota quinton hermans vliegen and germay really far that's a really strong core of guys that can go for Malia Rosa here. Um, they didn't respond to my tweet. But the key thing for this is, what will the gaps be? Because if if you gap, if Stefan Kung goes to zero wanting Malia and there's no Ghana, no Van Aert, great opportunity for Stefan Kung on stage two. What are the gaps going to be? Will there be any gaps for this? Because if you win with no, you'll get 10 bonus seconds, but will you get enough gaps to keep the Malia after stage two? Pidcock, Almeida, good TTs. 
uh, Bagioli, okay. That's why I like Vanderpol because he's got a good TT. Stage two, nine and a half Ks, prologue length TT, but it's on stage two, flat. And then they have a 1.3 K, 4.7% finish. Roglic would be would be winning this probably if he did it. I mean, Bissiger as well, Benji. Bissiger would be nice on this or even Court or Laporte. There's so many options here for these two stages. Really interesting. But, yeah, it's a... Who do you would Ganna still be the favorite for this TT? I'd kind of take Wout over him pretty comfortably in this sort of TT. Oh, I'd say Ganna's the favorite for this mainly because I personally don't believe that Wout will be going to the Giro myself. But if we do look at this park, we're mainly looking at the GC opportunities because uh, we got to think about who of the GC riders could do damage. And if we know that Almeida is going to this race, then he's likely going to take time on a parkour like this on his competitors because he is one of the better time trialers. I don't think the gap is going to be huge. I'm saying between 20 and 30 seconds. On Lander sort of guys. Yeah, on the Lander types. I'd see that, especially with the hill at the end. Yeah, I'd see that. What about Buchmann in this Grand Tour, by the way? Totally skipped over him because he had that crash last year on uh, after the Montalcino stage where he still was in contention after having a week, one week, uh, one week. I think it suits him a lot. I think Buchmann, is, apart from the crash, generally seems to be quite consistent. I think, yeah, I think Buchmann to the Giro is the best option for Bora, and then they go with Bennett and Vlasov or someone. I just don't see Vlasov here, Benji. I just Higita at the Giro, mate. Oh, yeah, Higita suits all the medium mountain stages. I know. I'd send Bennett and the train to the Tour and send Buchmann yeah. to the Giro personally. Uh, but yeah, stage two, you should. Take the Malia Rosa and then you keep it up to stage three, which is the first sprint stage. There's a 1,600-meter 3% climb in the last 13Ks. That should not be of any concern to anybody. It finishes near the lake at Ballon Tofred in near Budapest. Sprint stage, don't know who's going. Could be Merlier, Ewan again. Hopefully it is. I hope Ewan tries the one, two, three, wins at each Grand Tour again. Uh, but yeah, sprint first sprint stage, stage three. As a reminder, by the way, sprint stage, oh, the sprint points, on these profiles, if you look at them, the first sprint point is for Chiclamino. The second sprint point is for bonus seconds, one, three, two, one bonus seconds. Uh, so remember that for the Giro. Stage four, they have the transition. Before we get to that, mention our show partner, Lacole. Winter is coming, and Lacole have got you covered with a collection of winter kit and accessories to keep you protected from the weather during this winter. Already got some stuff here in Andorra, which is helping me out a lot. LeColdman has supporting the podcast since I think the Giro 2020 was the uh, when LeCol came on board, one of our first ever, uh, our first ever sponsor and only sponsor today. So thanks, LeCol, for supporting the podcast. You can check them out at down in the show notes below. Transition to uh, from Hungary down to Sicily, stage four, first mountaintop finish, Benji, 20.5.6 Ks, 5.6%, but the last 13 Ks are 6.5%. There's a little descent in the middle up to Etna. What do you think is going to happen on this stage? I don't see huge gaps. On the Etna stage? Mm-hmm. Me neither, to be honest. Like We're looking at all the stages beforehand, so people are going to be... Uh... Yeah, are, are are going to be not that dead when it comes to their energy. And then we look at this stage and we're like, okay, it's the typical Etna stage, you know? It is a Sapienza side, so it's a side where, that we saw in 2011, the one where we saw Contador versus Rucano, and that seemed to have somewhat bigger gaps than the other side that they uh, 
climbed the previous edition that we had Vietnam. I think that was 2020. But I think this is the kind of stage where you have a, uh, a well, I don't know, 10 to like 30 second gaps between a first group and a second group or stuff like that. I don't expect Rada to take two minutes on Vietnam, to be honest here. And wind plays a big part as well. It's very exposed. We have bonus seconds available, like two-thirds the way up the first section of climbing after a steep section. It's a yeah one main climb during the day. People shouldn't be tired, 165K stage. Be surprised if there's huge gaps here. Although it'll be interesting, you know, Pidcock's in Malia Rosa. He should, will he keep it? Almeida should be keeping Malia here. Uh, you would expect if he's in Malia, uh, Carap, has you know or hater will hater keep it if he goes to the Giro that'll be the interesting battle here or maybe someone random as Ben said maybe someone like Vanderpol's got it or uh, Lorenzo Rotor or Quinton Hermans or something like that or Ulisi um, will they keep it on this stage will be the interest stage five hundred and seventy two k's from Catania to Messina this looks a lot to me like even an easier version of the Calella <laughs> stage in Catalonia yeah. stage one. It's got a 20K, 4% climb in the first third from 50 to 75Ks and then 100Ks of, fl- of nothing, really. It should be a sprint. It should be a sprint, really. Like It will uh, be, I think. Yeah, I just – and this is why I think Sagan should be invited and direct energy Benji because this stage would really suit him. Ah, uh, to be honest, though, I feel like the climb might be too far away, because if you look at that, was it last year or the year before where we had a stage with a mountain in the middle where they tried to drop the likes of Viviani and was it the mark probably twenty twenty, um, and then eventually on the flat part towards the end, most sprinters actually came back, some oh, yeah, didn't, yeah. but that was much closer to the finish line than this one. When we look at this parkour, the uh, bottom of the descent is still a solid 70 kilometers from the line. I'm like, you're going to need to have a very dedicated Two team hours. of hilly sprint support to uh, to be able to pace for 70 kilometers for their sprinter with a gap of perhaps, I don't know, two minutes, one minute on a pure sprinting chasing group. Will it be exactly. Will it be two minutes? Well, it might not even be that because it's not going to be the GC teams pulling, right? Because yeah. they don't give a shit. Like, it's not a GC day. It's interesting. And there could be the break up the road as well. What if there's a strong break? I mean, the option is, Benji, if you're an EF, do you, you know, do you send court in the break or do you pace the climb? That's the sort of thing you're thinking about here or just you just accept that it's going to be a sprint? I don't know. Uh, it'll definitely depend on the composition of the sprinter. Someone like Merlier might lose a lot of time on this in with – moderate pacing it'll be definitely an interest uh, it could be boring could be interesting depends on the composition of the sprinters like sprinters should really be making the finish here i think yeah stage the majority sorry, at least the majority at least yeah maybe chronovec and without and if you know they can't drop people back to help maybe he's got issues stage six hundred and ninety three kilometers uh they're back on the mainland now i believe this is a sprint stage. There's some like rolly 4K climbs at 4% at the start. Sprint stage to me again. And uh, yeah, that's all I... Anything else to note here, Benji? <laughs> like it's by the side of the uh, the boot of Italy and it's next there to the no uh, ocean, but Italy, there's Benji. usually no cross... <laughs> I, I remember one crosswind stage in the history of me watching the Giro and I remember that one last year on top of the bloody mountain on the plateau section also crosswind so there are crosswinds in Italy you're lying to me <laughs> yeah true there was medium mountain crosswinds last year 
sprint stage. Stage seven from Diamante to Potenza, 200Ks, beautiful stage. This is possibly my favorite stage of the Shiro. Uh, this is the medium mountain goodness that we have come to be accustomed with from the Vuelta. It's tour stage seven. Uh, it's a bit different to that. It's harder than that. This is like the Vuelta stage seven to me. Very, very similar in that we have 10Ks, 4.6%, and then a long stepped climb, which is actually, it says 27Ks at 4%, but it's more like 8Ks, 6%, 3Ks, 8.5%, you know, it's more like that. Uh, no, Not much respite. And then they have another 5K, 5.5% climb, short descent. Then the Montescuro, 6Ks, 9.7%. That's a hard climb. It's far from the finish. Like 6Ks, 9.5%. Not often in the tour you have stages like that. And that's followed by like another 9K, 5% climb. I think this is perfect for a raid. I love Carapaz on this stage. I hope it's going to live up to how I'm already hyping it up. But, yeah, do you see... Do you see the potential for that, Benji, where if you're Carapaz, you can really leverage your team against maybe an Almeida who's got a weaker team? Yeah, I do love this stage as well. We look at the start of the parkour already, and we've got these small hills in the initial 20, 25 kilometers that might cause people to try an attack already there. So you won't have the rulers attacking. After 20 kilometers, you will have riders that can climb attacking. And they already start that first climb after a mere what is it 30 kilometers what you said so also attacks on that satellite riders to be able to send up the road right here stuff like that can happen and that sirino climb is a long one it's not a steep one it's got the sense it's a fake news climb all throughout so it's impossible to see whether that four percent is actually remotely the uh the grading that you're riding most of the time but that's going to be a, a gradient on which the breakaway can perhaps, I don't know, you, you would expect that the breakaway would be trying to build out their gap here, but it's still a climbing part, so the peloton will still have a team that is likely controlling at this point. And I don't expect someone to have their GC team go for a piss in the middle of a climb, so it's not like there's a plateau section or a flat section of like 40 kilometers where the gap can open up to 13, kilometer, uh, 13 minutes there. So that's what you don't have in this, which I really like. And like you said, Monte Scudo is the one where I see someone trying something, but my danger is always, this is still the first week. And who is going to dare to go right now in the first week after so little stages with so much to come and try and get something out of this? And I hope Carapaz is the answer to that. Ineos did it last year. I mean, yeah. Ineos were very, very aggressive in the first 10 stages last year, despite the parkour not often not offering that much. Like they tried things on Montalcino. They tried on that medium mountain stage with the wind. I look Narvaez. I, I need to see Omar Freyla here. Omar Freyla on this oh, stage with yeah. Carapaz up as a satellite rider. It's just I'm already getting G'd up about it. Um I, a person I've already forgotten, and I can't believe I did because of his role in the Vuelta Stage 20, two people. Gino Mader, I think, can ride for GC and contest the podium at the Giro. I think Mader, it really suits him, and the way he's climbing in Stage 20, sorry, in the Vuelta was impressive. He, he would be great on this stage. Mark Padun can also win this stage. From the break from the GC group, doesn't matter. Padun can win this stage. He should go to the Giro. Could Padun be a GC leader for the Giro? Uh, I think it's too early, okay. probably probably too early. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But would would people chase Pudun as a GC leader if he went up the road on this stage? Probably. Uh, they can't. 
eight watts per kilogram <laughs> nuclear. Yeah, I mean, Monte Scuro, hopefully it lives up to it. Stage eight is a circuit stage in, uh, starts in Napoli and they go down to Bacoli and do a circuit, which is like, looks like the Roly circuit. I think this is going to be a breakaway, Benji, with someone like Campanarts. It reminds me of the Riesevik, <laughs> the Riesevik Campanarts one. Don't tell me that, please. <laughs> Not that stage. Don't you reckon? Or do you reckon it's actually easy enough that like a Philipson could win from the sprint? I feel like it might be hard to control with consecutive circuits of 1.7 kilometers at 7% climbs in it, that Monte di Prochoa. That's probably not how you pronounce it, but hey, I just murdered it. So, hey, it happened. But I think that this might indeed be a breakaway stage, and it's that typical first week breakaway where if you're a rider that might not be a top breakaway rider, this might be your day because we've seen the weaker breakaways always happening in the first week of the Giro. and. I don't know, if you're Philipson, then I would consider trying only if you've got a team that doesn't need to care after anybody else because then you're basically like, okay, let me go all out for myself here. But I think that a lot of teams will have different... Betiel in the break? Court court in the break would be nasty too. Um, I don't know, Court was good in Romandy. I just want MVDP, Benji. I just want MVDP at the Giro. He's going to win this stage, so... I just want him here. He'll attack in the middle because he's cold. So, <laughs> <laughs> probably no. Oh, this is in the south. This is in Naples. This is not gonna be cold. <laughs> no, no way. Next stage, which always confuses me, this climb, 190 k's. It's got two, uh, uh, two climbs at the start of nine k's, five percent, seven k's, six percent to form a breakaway, and then rolling sort of descent, and then the Paso Lanciano, which is very familiar. I swear they had that recently. Ten and a half k's, seven and a half percent. Descent and then straight into Blockhouse, which, despite the German sounding name, is actually in the middle of Italy and it's 13.7 k's, 8.5%. Not sure how consistent it is. It's stage nine before the second rest day, if I'm counting the stage three to four transition rest day. And there could be some decent gaps here. I mean, we have two climbs, decent climbs. It's the mountaintop finish. I, I don't know. I, I like it for sort of the Almeida types. But, yeah, it's a, I, I don't know. Do you think Lanciano, Benji, I don't really see it kicking off there. I think this will be a battle on the final climb. Simon Yates, it suits as well a lot. I think this is a really good stage because at the start we've got Rocarasso, which is, if you don't remember, in the Giro 2020, there was that uh, stage that, oh, was it Guerrero that won it? The one where we had the second group people dropping where we didn't expect people to drop because it was apparently really cold on the last climb somewhere in the in the first week of uh, of the Giro 2020. And I think, was Kreisweg the one that lost time because it was cold? Very much possible. But a break will form on the initial section of Rocarosso and that is where... I, I, I just love stages with climbs at the start because it gives a breakaway battle and it's not like it stops there at the top of Rocarosso. You've got a descent leading into a valley with hills in it. It's like there's a climb in there, 3.9 kilometers at 5.3%, uncategorized, but that matters, those kind of hills. Then a descent down again, another small hill, then it starts with a small uphill, false flat valley towards Paso Lanciano, like you mentioned. And I don't think that climb will be detrimental for GC, just like you uh, also think. I think Blockhouse will be the one where the shit happens for the, uh, for the GC riders. But we look at the last time they went on Blockhouse and I vaguely recall the gap to 10 being two minutes on Blockhouse. So 
if we look at, well, it is a stage that in 2017, I think Quintana was significantly the best uh, GC rider, except for the fact that I think he crashed in the time trial eventually. But um, Yates can go nuclear. Yates can do huge numbers here, I think. Yates could win the stage and take 40 seconds at the end. Stuff like that. If Almeida forgets the feed, he might lose five minutes on this one and then come back in the last week and <laughs> just come out of the podium because of it. But all in all, this blockhouse, I really like it. I think gaps are going to happen and I think we will have at least G- one GC rider that is gone after this stage. Wow, big call. Gone, well, maybe. maybe. To be honest, it- is it a big call? We've lost GC riders <laughs> in the first week every single year so far. Yeah, he's halfway through the race. But yeah, it should be interesting <laughs> to see, like, there'll be tension. Will the break win? Who Who is strong in the breakaway? Again, you know, Bardet, well, I'm trying to think who might be in the break. Vine would be nice in the break. Going, I've got recency bias with the Vuelta, of course. But yeah, interesting to see this, this <laughs> Michael stage. Michael Stora, I like more for seven, but yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Even so, it's a good climate. Stage, they have another another rest day. Stage 10, this reminds me of the stage Betiol won last year, 194Ks, pancake flat for the first 100, and then they have uh, like a rolly parkour of like 2Ks, 5% up and down. It's, I think it's break. It should be the gap break. is 14 minutes by the time they start the hills, mate. You reckon? Yeah. <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> Betty old uh, sort of rider, I think, for this one. Yeah, um, or like a Conti or something. I don't know. Kovi. Yeah, Kovi. Oh, oh. Kovi going to this race. Oh, but then again. in the break. Um, skip it. Skip this stage if you're at home. <laughs> <laughs> stage 11 from Sant'Arcangelo de Romagna to Reggio uh, Emilia. Burn it alive to stage 11. Come on. <laughs> this one's the classic Giro. Don't just watch my highlight video. I forgot the rights. 200Ks, <laughs> pancake flat, um, sprint. Caleb would be licking his lips yeah, if but- he's still here. Who's here? Which sprinters will still be here, Benji? I think this might be a, a reason for people to stay throughout the first 11 days because yep. this will very much be a sprint stage because uh, even the wildcard teams will think to themselves, oh, do we really need to go in the bloody break today? Because there's <laughs> no way I see anybody outside of wildcard teams interested in going in the break here because they're not even K1 points. Like, <laughs> there's nothing in this route for wildcard teams to care except for the sprint finish. I'm watching the last 5K. Nitzolo is on ISN. I, I hope Nitzolo goes to the Giro again this yeah. year, next year rather. And yeah, it should be interesting to see. I mean, I, I'm being a bit facetious to be honest. Like you and actually, if you do believe, he did stay a fair while for the this year's Giro. Maybe we do see like you and Nitzolo and and Co. Anyway, thing about Eunice, didn't he say that? I think he said that he won't try the the one stage per Grand Tour thing again. And he will oh, did he say uh, that? as a main goal on Wollongong, of course which is logical, but I don't know what that means for his Grand Tours, really. He has to do tour. <laughs> he has to, so <laughs> that's a lock. Stage 1,285 kilometers long, a gradual climb up to the Paso del Boco, but it's like 6Ks, 4% uh, in the first 100Ks, pretty much false flat for the whole 100. Then descent, then some medium mountain. Then they have the Monte Becco, 10Ks, 7%. Rolling ridgeline descent reminds me a lot of the, again, I'm going to talk about Catalonia, the stage landed Camna one ahead of Carlos Verona in Catalonia, I think stage four or five this year. I don't see any interest for GC whatsoever here. I think this is a sort of stage for the likes of Stora. Even, I'm going to say his name again, Magnus caught from a break, Benji. 
yeah, you're right, but we also said that in the Tour de France preview, and we will also say it in the Vuelta preview, but Kurt can't go to every Grand Tour, mate. <laughs> no, don't say for Tour de France. No, 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 no. He's a, he's a Vuelta Giro killer. I know he's one of the He was my Giro six. person, for, for the, my Tour de France green jersey person. <laughs> he doesn't do the Ardennes or Cobble Classics. He should do Giro Vuelta. Yeah, he's yeah, a you're stage right. hunter. You're right. But like looking at the sparkle, I believe that a break is indeed most likely happening. I'm curious what the descent looks like of that Monte Becco at the end, because if it's remotely technical, we will see, we will see useless attack by Vincenzo Nibali there, unfortunately. <laughs> and Chicone. <laughs> and Moscon will crash trying to chase him down <laughs> like last year. But um, one thing that is an aspect to the stage is that it, I think it's the first time that they go back to the uh, Paso del Boco where Walter Reyland had his accident in 2011, oh, right. 2010. I don't know the year. I'm so bad at that, but I um I hope they do something uh yeah. some dedication to that. And Ilio Kaysa, I don't he said uh, he's never been back to that place I think. So I don't know if he'll be doing the Giro or not. So if he's racing the Giro it could be quite emotional for him of course. But yeah, I forgotten you mentioned Benji Moscon transferring to Astana. We need to recalibrate how we think about Moscon in that he's now I assume going to be freed. No, 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 no. Super don't speak for Vincenzo Nibali, mate. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the best use of the resources. but um... <laughs> I agree, even as a Vincenzo Nibali fan. <laughs> so I'd like to see Moscon getting in some of these breaks and see what he can do. It should suit him a lot of the stages in the last sort of six we just mentioned. Uh, but yeah, I'm seeing break here and he could win this sort of stage as well. Stage 13, sprint stage in my view, 158 kilometers long, finishing in from San Remo to Cuneo. They do the Colle de Nava climb, 11k, 6%, but it crests 103k's from the finish. It's weird, isn't it? Like, Good luck, Hilly Sprinter team, to keep it up for 100 kilometers. I know. Again, it's kind of like that other stage, the climb middle. Um, should be a sprint, one would think. Yeah. Moving on, stage 14, 152Ks, another medium mountain one. This is another pretty – is it hard enough, Benji, for GC action? Yes. Yeah, I kind of agree. It depends on the profile of rider, though. But, yeah, I kind of carapaz can work with this. One problem – the stage after is a, a really important mountain stage. True. And that's why I'm scared that the stage might really underperform despite looking very good. You've got the initial climbs, which are being... Well, basically, one thing we haven't talked about, this parkour is a circuit. And we have had two already, which is something you don't see very often in Grand Tours because you've got a rep- repetitive climbing thing. You can look at the stage if, you, if you're listening on podcast players as a parkour would basically... Um, what is it? 15 climbs between the three and seven kilometers at five to seven percent basically yeah and the last two are the smaller ones of the tree and the third last one is the bigger one so it might be someone attacking on that third last climb the problem with this parkour is that yeah it's if you're a team and you look at all the other stages if this is the last stage at itsulia this is madness but in the middle of the Giro, i don't know man fair point it looks more like probably on balance a stage the likes of a Bessiol, a Moscon, a Bagioli will be winning from the break or even sadly maybe just from nothing in the GC group. Uh, but yeah, probably, probably Don't the break. say that. How dare you? It hurts. Ho- hopefully 
hopefully there's action. Uh, stage 15, which Benji was alluding to, 178 kilometers long, a proper high mountain stage. Uh, they have 12K 7%, 13.5% at 7.5%, no real valleys in between. Descent and then the last climb, the only climb in the Italian Alps this year, or on the mountaintop finish in the Italian Alps, 22K is at 4.3%. It seems to level off at the end. Unfortunately, the, the start of it is harder. Uh, I'm seeing Almeida from a GC group, Benji, that sort of that sort of stage, unfortunately. Do you expect them to wait until Konya? Because this feels like the kind of stage, I think, I think it's before the rest day, but I could be wrong it at is. that. It is before the second, the last rest Which means that day. this might be a stage where they might try on Vergonia, which is the second last climb. True. But will anybody do that with one week to go and a hard Depends. week to come? Hard to predict. I mean, Depends on GC situations. I always think, you know, points scored in the first half of an NBA game or first quarter count the same as points scored in the last five minutes. And that applies to stages in GC and Grand Tours as well. If you have the team, if you want your rider to gain time, don't wait if you think you can do something on, on, on this sort of stage. But, yeah, interesting to see what will happen on that climb. But I'm thinking group finish, frankly, on okay. the last climb. I'm hoping for an early attack then. <laughs> Rest day into the hard last week, 201 kilometers from Salo to Africa. Uh, we have gone across to the Dolomites, I believe. And so... 20k 6%, 13k's 7.5%. They do the Paso del Motorolo, I think, from the easy side. And then they must yep. descend the heart, the steep side, which will be maybe nearly going mental after have to check. Then 5k's 8%. Then they do the Santa Cristina climb, 12.7k's 8.1%. I mean, that's what you were talking about, Benji. If you want to try on on a climb, you do it on the Motorola, and then you got a long. I guess you got a long way to the finish. I feel it's too long between the Motorola and Santa Cristina. Like I'm looking at the parkour, and this is what Gazzetta dello Sport announced as the Queen stage of the Giro. And I'm looking at the first climb, in which I see riders trying to get in the breakaway. I I look at the second climb, Walmart Motorola, and I've got the feeling that it's too far from the finish line for it to make a huge effect on the group now i know there's history towards this stage i vaguely remember reading something this week about uh was it pantani versus indurain on this stage where indurain lost like three minutes in the last climb stuff like that because i don't know so stuff like that can happen but that's a very different age and i don't see that happening in 2021 with the two best riders in in this grand tour because we're looking at this stage and I feel like it's going to happen on Santa Cristina, which is annoying if you want a queen stage, you know? Yeah. That's why I think Valverde suits this Giro so much because you've got that 7K descent at the end. What if nothing happens? I mean, it's Oh, my so- God. If nothing happens on this day, I'm going to cry. <laughs> no, there will be. It's like 5,500 meters climbing. Uh, yeah, probably Bala. Are we underrating the Denevel meters on a stage like this just yeah. by looking at the profile? <laughs> I think so. Like... Forget how hard these stages are, and mm-hmm. Bala probably gets in the car in this stage rather than actually doing well on it. Uh, I'll be Simon Yates again, sort of stage that suits him, but again, it's that's why I think Carapaz it just suits him so much. I think Ineos can try and neutralize, and the climbs are not so steep that having a team doesn't matter as much. Having a team will mean a lot, even on 12Ks, 13Ks, 7.5%, having a team matters a lot. That goes into stage 17 then, which, I mean, we should have someone 
in the Malia who will be the favourite to win by this stage, 165Ks, it opens up with 9K 6% out the neutral zone <laughs> where the break will form, then a long descent, and then we have two short medium mountain climbs that actually aren't medium mountain, like 12K 7.6% descent and then 8K 9.6%. That's really steep. And then like a rolling ridgeline for the last or oh, eight kilometres Again, it's the sort of stage you'd think GC riders might try, Benji. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a, a GC stage for certain. We will have someone like you mentioned. Last year we had Bernal who had a gap on the others, and we saw that we had no action on the second last climb, which is the uh, Petriolio in this one. But then we look at the last climb, and I think action is going to happen there. The thing about this is that you might not see in the last two kilometers an all-out attack by someone because you need to know that after going over the top, you've got a, a valley section or like a plateau section to still get over. And like, it's still eight kilometers from the top of that climb to the finish line. And that last part is descending. But I do think people on the climb will, will think about the fact that after the top, they aren't done yet. But I think that people are going to attack there. I do see people like Yates attacking on a stage like this. And um, I love the fact that at the start, again, it starts with a climb because that, makes for a great breakaway uh, action at the start and gives entertainment for people to start for, uh, watching from the start. I'd send O'Connor to the Giro as well. Seems to have no problem with resisting on multiple climbs yeah. and wet and cold conditions. But he's, apart from the tenure breakaway stage, but he when he's beaten top competition or looked good like at Dauphiné stage eight, it's not the mountaintop finish. He more re-attacks on the later section after the climb if there's a little descent. I like him on this stage. I think he should do the Giro. Stage 18, transition stage, 146Ks from Borgo Val Zugana to Treviso. Should be a sprint, except there's a 1K 12.5% climb in the middle, Giro style, 50K from the finish. Mate, it's one kilometer. But it's 12%. But it's one kilometer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey, yeah. <laughs> if you're desperate, if you're total direct energy, what else are you going to do? I don't know. Latour will probably attack for fun. <laughs> if they're invited. Stage 19, again, not that difficult really, but like it doesn't look that difficult to finish, but then it's 178Ks. We have 4K 7%, 9K 6% rolling descent with lots of like medium climbs. And then in Slovenia, 10.3 Ks, 9.1%, nearly as hard as the Mortarolo descent, and then at 7 K, 6% finish. The problem is that climb crests about 50 kilometers before the start of the last climb. It's, it's tough to, if you're a GC team before the next stage again, are you really going to try here? Ah, oh, like... Knowing that stage 20 is going to be a, a heavy one, I think that this might go to the breakaway and that while it might not be as simple as the uh, mountain stage with a small hill at the end that we saw in the first week of the Giro 2021, where Lafayette won, it does feel like something that will go to the break because the initial part is 70 kilometers of relatively flat terrain and likely rulers will try and get away from that point because you won't have an opportunity for climbers to really attack at that point unless they can follow the likes of rulers and attacks. And the moment they start those hills, will the gap not already be pretty huge? Which team in the peloton will be interested in pacing on a parkour like this? Um, there's so many factors, but I'm leaning towards less GC action on this one. 
partially because the next stages are on paper uh, a really nice one as well. This looks more like the Queen stage to me, frankly. 167 Ks in terms of like how high they go up. They do the Paso San Pellegrino, 9.6 Ks, 8% descent. Then the Paso Pordoi, which they've done before recently, 12 Ks, 6.6%. Shouldn't expect too much there, frankly. And then just long step descent and then the Paso Fedaya climb, 12.9 Ks, 8%. It's the last chance for big GC gaps. It's not the hardest parkour, but it's coming at the end of the third week. Should be a GC day, one would think, um, or day for GC. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's not The climbs are really not that hard, frankly. I think it suits uh, Almeida a lot, but we'll see. I think this stage looks great if you look at it the first time. We've got a small hill at the start to launch satellite riders or a bit of an attack. It's not too crazy, so we might still have a, a break ahead but I think the gap won't be severely huge while we start the Paso San Pellegrino. And the problem is that I think the Pordoi is overrated compared to like the Fedaya and so forth. The gradients are not that high, it's 7%. But what if the climbs were the other way around? Just figure it out here. What if we put the Fedaya second last and we put Pordoi last? We need to keep in mind that the Fedaya has the last four kilometers being 12% average. That's True. hard. True, is that, that is too hard for a final climb? Meaning that riders might wait until the final climb because the Fedaya is very difficult. Probably. And that's what scares me. Probably. Like, why would you? Unless you're like Caruso who wants to get out ahead. Um, yeah, it's a good point. If it was the other way around, beautiful stage. Fedaya, very steep towards the end. Try and launch on the very steep section. Slaughter everybody there. Go into the descent and then Pordoi towards the end. I, I I don't know the geography of this area, so I've got no clue if this is remotely even possible. But that profile type would be much more enticing for me because then we know that actually is going to happen on the Fedaya and people are going to be completely done for when they're on the Pordoi and gaps are going to be huge. But right now I'm scared that they might wait until Fedaya and I don't want it to happen. Depends who's in Malia, depends who's behind, yeah. depends what teammates they have and their characteristics. Well, it's tough tough to know at this point. Stage 21, 17Ks. We have a, it's flat, then 4Ks, 5% in the middle, then descent. It is an interesting little time trial. And it's why I don't think Ghana should go to the Giro. I just don't think it's worth his while, uh, frankly, like waiting all this time for this or at least – not finish this Giro, get some knee pain halfway through. But maybe this will still be decisive for GC, Benji. Like, Almeida should do really, really well here. And I think he can take more than 30, 30 40 seconds on this sort of TT, um, particularly with the climb in it. Do you think Jonas would do well at this Giro? I think Jonas would do really well at this Giro, but I would, I don't see it happening that finger guys sent to the Giro. As simple as that. It doesn't make sense team-wise, for Jumbo to do that. I feel like Dumoulin has shown that if you're Roglic, after the Tour de France 2020, do you have confidence in Dumoulin being one of your luxury domestiques in a Grand Tour? I personally am not really certain about that. The decisions he made on the Porto Ballet stage and so forth don't shine a, a good light on his luxury domestique being. And then we look at and I have more confidence there as a luxury domestique and as a backup leader as well. While, yeah, 
next to that, it also starts in Denmark, the tour. So he's going to the oh, bloody yeah, tour. He has to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the that's the entirety of the Giro parkour and the stages that we've just gone through in agonizing detail. As you can tell, who's winning? Uh, well, if Pog did the Giro, I think Pog should do the Giro, frankly, because it's just so perfect for him. <laughs> like some of these finishes, I think he should do the Giro, and I'd. I'd Put my life savings on it just about, but um, <laughs> Carapaz. I'm legally bound by the Vincenzo Nibali fan club to oh, say God. that Vincenzo Nibali will be winning this Giro d'Italia with 10 minutes on everybody else. But <laughs> if I had to be serious, I think everybody's underrating Emmanuel Buchmann and he could go really far on this one. Buchmann, interesting, yeah. I mean, he's exactly, he crashed in the Dauphiné last year when he was in really good shape, crashed he... in the Giro. Crash in the Giro when he was the only one to follow Bernal on the Montalcino stage. So, yeah, that's a good shout, Benji. And Almeida as well. We, we, I'll be surprised if Almeida's not on the podium. That will be an mm-hmm. underperformance. How um, about Michael Woods? Because there's not that many time trials. It's a lot of descending, though. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of true. <laughs> that's the problem, like, yeah. Um, who do Mobistar send, Benji? Do they even have, like, how many GC leaders do Mobistar have? Oh, low uh, mass. Alex Aramburu, mate. Oh. <laughs> Aramburu should go to this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Aramburu yeah, should go to Vuelta. Yeah, I, I agree. I want that too. I think he can win the last TT, can't he? Or is it not punchy enough? Probably not punchy enough. Um, well, it, it depends more on the descent. <laughs> can he go demon style on the descent or not? That's the question. Yeah, I love all the medium mountain stages of the Giro. I love the Giro d'Italia. I can't wait to see who goes and, yeah, I can't wait. But, um, yeah, an interesting parkour. I'm not as down on it. Like a lot of people were like, oh, it's missing X. I mean, yeah, okay, say there's 13 more TTKs. It's not going to change my life really. And to be <laughs> honest, the guy, if Pog and Rog aren't going, then none, of these, then none of these guys are good at TT. Oh, except Almeida. Almeida, poor bloke, yeah. Um, and even, was decent as well? And it kind of, yeah, it kind of, it it is unfair to the guys who are professionals in that they they're not good TTs, but they kind of make do. They're not real dog shit TTs like Carapaz and and Co. Who who do a decent job of it. They still gain time on Lander and Co. Hugh um, Carthy? Is he? What conditions is he good in? Cold or wet? Or he was good in this year on the cold, wasn't he last year? Like that Simon Did car attack on Cortina? Didn't Carl lead him out on Cortina? And then the Wait, signal cut out? I'm pretty I sure. I completely forgot that he wrote the Giro. So. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that says a lot. <laughs> he came eighth in the Giro, but on Cortina d'Ampezzo, he came fifth uh, and did quite well, frankly. And if that was a full a full hard stage, maybe he does better than coming eighth. And he moved into third on that day and then cracked badly, I think, in the last few stages when Yates really came into his own. So, for example, on he'd lost like 90 seconds to Caruso on Spluggemotta. What about Caruso, Ben? Do you think he can back-to-back? I think it suits him again. It's got lots of long, hard climbs in Italy. Caruso, who else am I missing out? Um yeah, he's the main one I wanted to ask about. Do you send him to the Giro again with like Maida? Uh, I think I think Landa's going to this Grand Tour, mate. Oh, like, yeah. Fucking hell. And if Landa's there, then they're probably going to look at him and be like, oh my God, that's our GC leader. <laughs> While everybody's like, don't do that, Bahrain. Please don't do that. 
<laughs> but they will do it. And then Caruso will be probably backup leader this time around because after a podium, you deserve to be that. If they don't put him as backup leader, then no, I don't know what they're thinking. But I would indeed send Caruso to the Giro because it's Italy, mate. Italians in Italy, perfect. I would take, if I was Ineos, Gagenhardt, Puccio, uh, Freyla, yeah. Dunbar, Carapaz, and Sivakov. So I'd need some strong engines too as well. Maybe even Hater, but it's probably a bit early. Even What about Viviani, Benji? Italian, back on Ineos? I believe he's going to the Giro, actually, because when yeah. you look at the Tour de France, I don't think he'll fit in their Tour de France team. No. And when you look at the Velta, it's the bloody Velta, so <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe they do take – he's a decent climber, what he showed at Sky back in the day, I think, maybe. Yeah. And quick step for Alphalib in 2019, I think, maybe. Well, yeah, but we should focus on the recent years at Coffet is mainly, I think. <laughs> and not the ones three, four years ago at Koenig, I'm afraid. But he also got over climbs relatively well in the last year's Giro, I think. Yeah. Just came short in these sprints. And I think um, when it comes to Viviani, um, we should. it all depends on his preseason, you know? Because if his preseason sucks, then don't take him to Giro. If it's good, take him to Giro. It's always interesting, the Giro, because everyone focuses on the Tour. And I think, well... What's your goal with the Giro? It's the second biggest race of the year. Teams like UAE and Yumbo, big teams, this is what Ineos probably don't get. This is what Ineos, oh, people are like, oh, Ineos there. You know, what's happening to Ineos? Well, they should have come third at the Vuelta. They've won the Giro. Like, okay, Tour wasn't great, still came third there. They're still consistently good throughout the year. What did Yumbo do at the, at the Giro? They had Bennett there and Foss, and then Bennett was the GC leader until they realized that Foss was better, even though we shouted it for a week. And then we ended up seeing Bennett go in the breakaway on Monte Zoncola and get slapped by Jan Tratnik and Fortunato. And then we saw in the last week that Bennett was working for for his teammate Foss. And was he also not the guy that, Rode up Zonkolan, then rode down Zonkolan to ride with someone else up with Zonkolan Afini, yeah. again? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think Afini should go again. I think they should take Kronenberg and go for the sprints. and Or Decker, I don't know. and Because Afini could win that TT. Uh, it's certainly yeah, possible. and he doesn't fit in the Yumbo Grand Tour, nah. Tour de France team. No. Nah. So that's that's who I think they should sort of take to this year of Italia. Other teams like... I don't know. Uh, a lot of this is where you see the lack of depth in a lot of teams. We're like, okay, well, who are they going to put in this team? Like, who are Trek going to take now to this Giro d'Italia with no no Nibali? Do they have to just throw in Baroncini as a Neo Pro? Do they take Molima? <laughs> Molima for stage wins here is a great shout, but he was in bad shape at this time last year for the Giro. But yeah, Molima suits well. But apart from that. I don't know, personally. I, I hate all their signings, frankly. Ciccone, sorry, I overlooked. Ciccone, yeah, I'll, he's the one I want to last, – last point, Benji. Ciccone crashed out of the Vuelta, crashed out of the Giro, and uh, middling, not great TT. I think looked good at the Giro last year, and I was eating my words. Do you go for GC with Ciccone? I, th- I think you have to, actually, if you're Trek Sigafredo. Yeah, I think so as well. I think it fits on this one. He deserved it. He deserves it after last year's Giro run because while he was getting weaker in GC, he was very strong in week one and his time loss was mainly in the time trial as well. So that aspect counts a lot for him as well. 
And then his crash happened, I think, on the second last climb in the Sigariala stage, which wasn't far from the end of the Grand Tour. And he was looking no. at a top 10 position. So, what? Sorry? No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like, it oh, wasn't okay. far from the finish. Yeah. yeah. But, like, if you really want to secure him and make sure he doesn't crash, how much aero do you think he loses if you wrap him up in bubble plastic? <laughs> if you just tell him, listen, just stop attacking Bertiol on descents and <laughs> it's all going to be fine. Speaking of someone, like, uh, I. Signing I do like, Hulgard, Norwegian on Trek. They have to take him to the Giro. He's fast. You saw him at World Champs on these sort of hilly circuits. Incredible rider. Um, oh, sorry, European Champs and maybe World Champs, can't remember. Um, he also, being Norwegian, gets an insane cold, wet weather buff. He have to take him for stages with Mollema. I think... I think they could do all right, Trek, if they picked the right riders for, the, for this uh, for this race. But, yeah, I'd love to see Buchmann. I hope it's a big fight between Bahrain with lots of guns, Bora, Ineos, the Shark at Astana now is back there. I've got a hot uh, take. Oh, yeah. Attila Walter will top 10 to Jordan Italia. Right. I know, well, he's starting in Hungary. He was there at the, the presentation. Um, yeah. 50 watt bonus. Cortina D'Ampezzo. He lost eight minutes last By the way, <laughs> like if you're – we're looking at how countries and so forth are changing their stages based on the riders they have in a Grand Tour because that hill at the start of the Giro here was on paper apparently not planned until they changed it because Walter was certainly uh, looking good suddenly for Hungary. And now we think about it, like who in their – had things that Walter will do well on the first stage of the Giro next year. Um, no, what is Walter that good? Hungarians? Oh, come on, man, he's a, he's a legend. Uh, yeah, I mean, he finished in the Nibali Quintana Agita group at uh, Lombardia. He's a good sort of medium mountain climber. I'd like to see him in the breaks, but as to your point, Benji, like I don't know where that's come from, Re. His time trial, like where where's that come from? Like his punch, or in in terms of an uphill punch against like Bagioli, Pidcock, and Co. Like no, but in yeah, terms it of make sense, right? In the like, look at the stages he's been good at: Manresa, um, Breakaway, which Camner won, which I already mentioned. He came top ten there. He came third on the uh, Monduith Barcelona circuit stage in Catalonia behind Moritz and De Gent. And so I think he's good on these circuits. So I, I'd like him for a stage win. Just unfortunately for him, there's none of those stages in in Hungary. So he's also he's 23. He'll be still 23 there next year. Um, but yeah, I'm more like him for breaks. I don't see it for the TT or the uphill finish at the start at all. You need to be top shelf for that sort of stage. Uh, but yeah. Interesting parkour. Can't wait to see where's the first Maglia Rosa. I might even do a little bit of an analysis video on Pidcock and why I think he should be the favourite, particularly if Hayter doesn't go. But it'll be, be between him and Bagioli, who came back after injuries, looking absolutely nasty in the Vuelta for such a small lad. But I hope you enjoyed the recap. Let us know who you think is winning. I've picked Carapaz already. Benji picked... Aramburu. Who'd you pick? Nibali? <laughs> Jesus, hopefully that doesn't get referenced at all in the next year. We can um, clip that and make it serious. <laughs> I don't want to say Simon Yates. I think he's going to podium. Yeah. But you said Carapaz, right? Yeah, Carapaz. I also kind of believe that Carapaz will win. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't outside think of big Carapaz, mm, 
Buchmann, why not? Come on, oh, you Germans. Picked no, no, you picked Buchmann. Sorry, I forgot. All right, that's the round hour. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for calling the pod, and we'll see you with our regularly scheduled programming later in the week. Ciao.